Okay, um, I would like to begin with um, a little talk before the talk. Okay, um, so for like a few minutes, something that is not related so much. Maybe you can say it is and it's not. Um, we're talking about feelings, emotions. Uh, we will talk about feelings and emotions. And I wanted to talk or ask you four questions. And those of you who heard me um, ask those four questions and know the answer, please do not respond. Four questions of love, the queen of virtues, the ultimate virtue, love. Four questions of love. And I would like to get four answers to these four questions. Simple. Here are the four questions. And they're not trick questions. First, why does God love us? Second, how did he demonstrate his love to us? Third, how, why do we love him? And fourthly, and most importantly, how do we demonstrate our love to him? Can't be more simple than that. Okay? Let's begin with the answers to these questions. Why does God love us? Yes, sir. Very good. Very good. Why else? Because he... His nature is love. Thank you. Thank you, Tosoni Selma. Because he is love. He emanates love, radiates love. Okay? These are not trick questions. The second is very easy. How did he demonstrate his love to us? Exactly. By dying for us on the cross. That's half the story, the second half guy. And granting us eternal life. There you go. Good. Third question. Why do we love him? Who said that? Yeah, Joseph, perfect. St. John, in his epistles, says that we love him because he loved us first. Now we come to the fourth and most important question. How do we love God? Right. By loving one another. We perfectly exemplify, demonstrate our love to God by loving each other. Because he said it. If you love me, in John 14, if you love me, obey my commandments. And that begs the question. What are your commandments? He said there are no R's. What is my commandment? Is that you love one another. So think about it. When you love the person sitting next to you, in front of you, behind you, you are indeed demonstrating your love to the Lord. Why is that? I'll tell you also more practically speaking. Um, if someone wants to demonstrate his or her love to me, they would do this by loving my children. That is the perfect expression of love to this person by loving his or her children. When you love my kids, you really love me. 
right? What I love, Abunas, I love Abuna so much, what do I do? I love his children. I can love Abuna so much and tell him, Abuna, you have a wonderful voice in the liturgy, I love your sermons, I love your advice, this is all great. But when I love his children, is when I perfectly demonstrate my love to him. So likewise, I can say to God, Tasbiha all day, praise, oh, which is great, all this is great. I can say all these things about the Lord, but there's one thing missing. Loving his children is loving the Lord. And that's the talk before the talk. All right. Um, let's, um, before we go to healthy spirit, Malish, I want to just do a quick recap, maybe three minutes, not more than that, of what we have yani, learned, collectively, myself included, from the first discussion. Can, can you please just raise your hand and um, say some things that resonated with you from having a healthy mind? Um, what did we learn? I hope we learned something. Yes. Perfect truth leads to goodness, leads to joy. Excellent. What else that resonated with us? Anything that was like an aha moment for you? Yes. Excellent. A worldview. It all begins with the worldview. Yes. Perfect. Which is the your perception or perspective of um, your your um, what is it? Thought process of the world. Yes, sir. Exactly. Take time to think about what you're thinking about. Take inventory of your thoughts. Excellent. Good. Anything else? Yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> yes, you must learn to say no to toxic, destructive thoughts that come to you, much like your your stomach that says no and it ejects and rejects harmful food. One more? Yes, sir. Our thoughts lead to our destiny. Yes, your thoughts leads to your words, words, character, uh, you know the process. It leads to your destiny at the end. Yes, what else? Excellence. Don't build an airport. Don't build an airport. Let them fly. Don't let them land on your head. Destroy it. <laughs> or keep the airport, but make sure you're selective as to what lands and what doesn't. That's probably a better answer. Okay? This airline, yes, it can land. This airline is bad. I would say that. Because you can do that with these thoughts. God has given you the discernment to say this is good and this is bad. Why do I say that? Because I know what is true and what is not. Because I have that standard. What else? One, okay, one more. One last thing. Yes, ma'am. So you'd have like your knowledge and then it would, you'd have actions and then it would lead to your things. Excellent. I love that. Your um, knowledge of the truth. That will lead to your actions, your behavior, your your um, um, actions, for the lack of a better word. And that would lead to your ultimate joy and beauty as well. Okay, let's continue on with having... 
we're gonna have a two yani malish. We're gonna have healthy. I love the video, by the way. Whoever chose the video, very creative, and thumbs up, excellent. And I love also the songs that also we're gonna relate to these, um, to the video and the song as well. Healthy spirit, and I'm gonna have um, yani a little bit of it is healthy spirit, and I also wanna talk, as I mentioned to you earlier, about healthy hearts. I can't leave the feelings and the emotions. We need to kind of lump that together so that we cover healthy minds and healthy spirits. We covered healthy bodies with Abuna, healthy minds, healthy spirits, and healthy hearts. And in this context, I mean emotions and feelings and sentiments. And did any of you heard of this expression before? I am not spiritual, I am not religious, but I'm spiritual. We said that before, Abuna, right? You've heard that before? This actually prompted me, I was not planning on you know, confession. I just added five slides just a second ago after I saw the video, because I thought that this is relevant. Um, I am not religious, but I'm spiritual. What does that really mean? Okay, any of you heard of this before? I hear it all the time, at least I'm in a, to the West Coast. I am not religious. But I'm spiritual. What do they mean by that? Anyone who tell me what they mean by this, or what? What is? What does this really mean? That I don't like blank religion, organized religion. Thank you, whoever said that. Thank you. I like instead spiritual um, feelings. I call this the cafeteria religion. That's the mix and match spirituality without religion. I like, as I mentioned to you this morning, I like a little bit of what um, Jesus said, specifically the Sermon on the Mount. He said some pretty good stuff. I like what Buddha said in his writings. I like what Krishna said. I like what Muhammad said. I like you know, all of few things from here and there, and I call this the cafeteria religion or cafeteria approach. And instead of subscribing to just one given set of beliefs, I make up I make up my own from selected teachings and practices. So it's not about the rejection of God, but the rejection of organized, specific organized religions. Um, listen to what Hannah Rosen said, she's an American author and writer, she said, Americans, I think that could also apply for Canadians, write their own Bible. They fashion their own God. They talk, then talk incessantly with him. More often than not, the God they choose is more like a best friend who has endless time for their needs, no matter how trivial these needs are. Scholars call this domesticating God turning him into a social planner, therapist, or guardian angel. As I mentioned to some of you in the outside when we were having a discussion, I said, um, thousands of years ago, God created man. In the 21st century, man created God. Um, Oprah Winfrey says what? She says, um, no, let me tell you what she says. All organized religions offer only partial glimpses of God. So do not ascribe to any of these organized religions. Be spiritual. Do not be religious. And do you guys know what, who this guy is? 
Joel's, okay, so you know who he is. Joel Osteen says, seek to experience your God through your feelings. Great segue to where we're going. This is all called what? New Age Spirituality, which is achieving the divine through mystical experiences, through all the mystical... Can, can, can someone give me some examples of these mystical experiences by New Age Spirituality? Hmm? Yoga. Okay. The not-so-productive type of yoga. Let me just clarify that. Because yoga could be healthy. It is healthy to do. Um, I think it is very healthy. Correct me if I'm wrong. goes in the medical field. I think it's actually um, healthy for your mind, healthy for your body, your flexibility and all that. But when you use yoga for... Um, um, the spiritual purposes for which it was intended, then this is when it becomes a little alarming. Okay? So, I'm very familiar with you know, all the different types of yoga, like Bikram yoga and all the other yoga. It, it, some of it is good if you use it for physical uh, and mental um, strength. But when you're taking it to another level of connecting with the divine, then this is when I say, Time out. I think you've gone a little too extreme. Okay? Do you guys are agree? But uh, are you with me? Okay? Because you cannot. Here's my philosophy. You can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. You can always take that which is good from the world. I'll tell you something else. Psychotherapy. And and um, I, I my background is in psychology. I did cognitive behavioral therapy and so on and so forth. So if I have a mental illness. Would I say, hey, listen, mental illnesses can only be can be uh, fixed through uh, reading the Ekbeya, uh, reciting some prayers, reading a chapter from the scriptures a day, and you're good to go. Do you agree? I don't agree. I think this is a great thing to do, but it's not something that will help your mental health. You do need professional psychotherapy, professional uh, cognitive therapy, behavioral therapy, and all of these things that I, I used to do in clinical psychology, I did. God offered these options or, or, or um, treatments rather, not options, treatments for me to take advantage of. So I can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yoga, okay, it, you may have some negative connotations, but it's actually very healthy for you, I believe. If you use it correctly, psychotherapy, excellent um, a way of treating people with mental illness. And it's a misconception that say, sometimes people say um, you don't need a psychologist and um, psychotherapists are not needed if you if you just focus on Jesus. I think they um, underestimate, and I should probably say, do not understand the value of psychotherapy and psychoanalysis and and um, and so on and so forth in treating mental illness professionally. Anyways, so let's move on from New Age, I mean from um, um, not religious but spiritual, not religious, into what shall we do. Let's connect back to what we left with, where we left off, I should say. Remember we said, what shall we do? We should think about what? Think about what you think about besides that. Truth. And these truisms, what are they? 
St. Paul gave us eight or nine ideals that we should be thinking about. That which is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, praiseworthy. We think about these things. I want to go back and loop back to this because this, was, this will lead us into how to have a healthy spirit. And we said that this will give us, God bless you, this will eventually lead into what? The fruit of the spirit. So, you all know garbage in, garbage out. This is truth in, truth out. And in this case, when I say truth, I mean that which is true, which will give you goodness, which will give you ultimate joy in, will give you ultimate joy out. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, if you have an orange and you squeeze this orange, what do you get? Orange juice. You don't get apple juice. You get orange juice. Because it's, what does it have inside of it? Orange. Think about it, my friends. Do you know what the word tribulation mean? You can look that up. Here's another word to look up. Tribulation means what? To be squeezed. The actual word is to be squeezed. So when you are faced with tribulations and trials, you are being squeezed. What's inside of you will actually come out of you. If the inside has this, the outside will have that. But if I am filled with anger, uh, with resentment and anger and dissatisfaction and envy and all of that, what do you think will come out? Love, joy, and peace? Absolutely not. So remember that. Tribulation introduces you to yourself. Just like one of the philosophers said, said um, adversity introduces man to himself. It actually shows you what you're made of. Um, much like when I was in Egypt a couple of weeks ago, of course, when you go to Egypt, you have to have what? And then run to the restroom. Um, so, think about this. If you put the sugar cane or asal in this, whatever that is, what do you think will come out? Asal. Asal, same thing, right? So just think about it. You put in your mind... True, noble, just, pure, lovely. By the way, these can also, you can extend the list. St. Paul has given us just a kind of a, a lay of the land of what needs to enter into your mind. But you can extend this list and you know exactly what it is that's good and what it is that's bad. What do you think will come out? Love, joy, peace, lungs, that which we so desperately need. Now, question to you. How do I know that I am producing the fruit of the Spirit. How do I know that I'm producing the fruit? Actually, a better question is, how do I produce the fruit of the Spirit? And Abuna David said it earlier this morning. When I am what? With the Spirit. You said it. United? Yeah, filled with the Spirit. Thank you. When I am filled with the Spirit, 
I produce the fruit of the Spirit. Meshi, follow the logic with me. When I am fit, by the way, this is a commandment in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. St. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. We ought to be filled with the Spirit so that we can produce the fruit of the Spirit. Think again. Question. How do I know that I'm filled with the Spirit? It's a very good question. I want you to think about it. How do I know that I am filled with the Spirit? I'll give you a picture that will explain, but I want to hear you first. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you feel you feel calm, collected, peaceful, all these wonder tranquility, all of these things. Excellent. What else? Yes, sir. The fruit, exactly. When you have love, joy, and peace, and all the fruits of, by the way, it's a singular, not plural. The fruit of the spirit with seven flavors. Okay, it's a singular. Mish, mish. Thamar al-Ruh, Thamar al-Ruh. Okay, yes? You have the fruit of the Spirit under tribulation. Excellent. When you are squeezed, and what comes out is love, joy, excellent. I like that. What else? I'm looking for something else. Yes, sir. Excellent. So when you're always when you always have that joy and happiness in your heart, when you always exemplify the fruit or or manifest the fruit of the spirit in your life, how else? I'm still looking for yes, ma'am. Yes, I gotta shake your hand, <laughs> and you have to say this out loud. When it's overflowing to others. Yes. Excellent. And that's exactly what I was looking for. How do you know that, let me show you the picture. How do you know that anything is filled? Look at this cup. The grace of God is an ever-flowing, what, fountain of gifts and graces. Uh, I say grace, rather. Okay? Ever-flowing fountain. And you are a reservoir that accepts this fountain. How do you know when you're filled? When you overflow. Meaning, when you become an instrument of joy unto others, an instrument of peace unto others, an instrument of love unto others. Practically speaking, there's a gathering outside, and you walk in, and all of a sudden, the whole gathering is filled with joy. The whole gathering is filled with peace. You have imparted peace and joy wherever you go. You have become a walking fountain of peace and joy and gentleness and, and all of them love and all of these things. So don't just think, here's the prayer that I think is very important and I think um, we ought to think we ought to think about this prayer and pray it. God, grant me your love. Grant me, grant me your love. Grant me your peace. Very nice and very good. But how about if we say, grant me to be an instrument of your peace 
unto others so that I reflect your peace and I become an overflowing cup of peace and joy and love. This is how you know you are filled with the Spirit when you become instruments of the fruit of the Spirit unto others. You know, there's a verse I want to share with you in John 4.14 that says, um, by the way, he, back to the Samaritan woman, the example we used earlier, Christ said to the Samaritan woman, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give to him will ever, will, I'm sorry, will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a what? A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. A fountain that's always springing up. You become this fountain. So when people see you, they just get this peace and love and joy. You become that radiance or that reflectors rather, that reflector of Christ. Uh, Christ's uh, the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit that is. John 7, 38 says, He who believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So if you are filled with the Spirit, you overflow unto others. Make sense? Moving on to um, basically the formula that puts it all together. Having a healthy mind. A healthy mind that um, understands the true, the good, and the, and the, the beautiful, and the joyful. Healthy mind that sets its thoughts on things above. And I think we discussed what these things above are. So when you have a healthy mind, it will be set on things above. And then when you are set on things above, what will happen? You'll be filled with the Spirit. And when you are filled with the Spirit, what will happen? You will overflow unto others. And what does that mean? You have a healthy mind. Do you get it? I'm trying to simplify it again so that we can understand. Healthy mind, set your mind on things that are from heaven, which will make you filled with the Spirit, and filled with the Spirit includes living the fruit of the Spirit. And when you are filled with the Spirit, living the fruit of the Spirit, you can't help but overflow. Ask yourself this question, am I overflowing or am I not? Lisa? I need some uh, some more uh, jars of water, or jars of, jars of grace, I should say. And when you overflow, you have a healthy mind that will become even healthier and healthier, and so on and so forth. Okay, um, are ready to move into healthy hearts? Last segment. Any questions on mind so far? Healthy minds? Yes, ma'am. Can you possibly stop thinking? I'm not sure if you want to stop thinking. Maybe you're maybe you're asking for something that I don't think you can achieve. 
I don't mean to um, reframe your question, but I'm not sure if you do want to stop thinking. I think what you want is to be selective in what you're thinking about. Because your mind is designed, don't ask me, ask the designer. Your mind is designed to constantly think. And that's an indication that you are healthy and alive. If your mind is not thinking, you're not healthy. You don't want that. You actually thank God that you're thinking this many thoughts. 4,000, 16 hours, or was it 4,000? Something like that. So you thank God that you're thinking, and you're thinking well. But you also, as you thank God for you, for your thoughts, you ask Him to guide you to be more selective on what you think about. All right. Healthy hearts? Yes, ma'am. Uh, hold on, I can't hear you. So from this, I understand that healthy mind basically means like your mental health. Um, and then being filled with the spirit is your spiritual health. Um, so it, unfortunately, maybe in our culture or um, there is a stigma about mental health. Um, so a lot of times people think that if you have a mental like health issue, um, then that means you're not spiritually healthy and you're not close to God and then this is why this is happening. But from what I see is that if you're not, because in the world we see people who are mentally, they have mental health but they don't have spiritual health. Um, but if you don't have spiritual, if you don't have mental health, you cannot achieve spiritual health. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, just um, so they're they're separate, but they're not independent of each other. They're they're not mutually exclusive. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. And yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, there's a stigma, and we need to change that. We need to change that because. Um, well, I don't want you know, to say more than I should, but I um, really mental health to me is no different from, or mental ailments is not much different from physical ailments. When you have, when my hand hurts, I go to the physician. Well, what, what if I suffer from uh, clinical depression or anxiety? I go to the physician that treats that. What, what's the yes for us you know that noon and that's 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 crazy <laughs> forgive me I, I mean I'm Charles as I had but that's that's incorrect and yani uh, I think it takes someone who's um, courageous someone who's yani authentic with himself or herself to say I have some mental ailments that I need I need to get treatments for. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a stigma, but it needs to be done away with. Maybe it's the older generation, but not so much you guys. All right, let's move on. Um, healthy hearts. Healthy hearts. When I say hearts here, I mean what? Feelings, and emotions, and, and so on and so forth. But before I uh, move on, because I, I wanted to, one more comment real quick. I want to be also cognizant of my time. Okay. When you fulfill this cycle, you know what you do? 
You have actually done, you fulfilled your purpose in this life. What is my purpose in life? I think some of you have heard me say this before. When I was at a conference one time, someone asked a question. I said, what is my purpose in life? Pretty loaded question. What do you think the, well, anybody heard of the response that I had mentioned a number of times? Okay, well, the pur your purpose in life is twofold. And it's very simple. Again, simplify. Is to know God and to make Him known. Period. To know God and make Him known. That's your purpose in life. When you know God, what will happen? You will begin to love Him. And when you love Him, what will you want to do? Get to know Him more. What will happen as a result? You will love Him more. You want to get to know Him more. You love Him more. You'll reach the point that you love Him so much, you want to share Him with others. So to know God, implied in knowing God is loving God and making Him known, sharing Him with others. That is our purpose in life as creatures, I should say. To know our Creator, our Lord Jesus Christ, and to make Him known. When you fulfill this cycle, you have known God by setting your mind on things above, by being filled with the Spirit, you become a temple of this Spirit, the Spirit of God. And then when you overflow unto others, you are what? Making Him known. And you become that instrument of God unto others. You see? All right. For sure, we'll move, we're moving on. I can go on and on, so forgive me if I'm digressing. Healthy hearts. We did discuss here is mental health and spiritual health are inseparable. Let me repeat. Mental health and spiritual health are inseparable. And they are, um, there is a relationship between the two. For you to, men to be spiritually healthy, you must be mentally healthy and vice versa. Now, what about emotional health? I just put that heart on, on top of that psyche. Um, emotional health and spiritual health and maturity are also inseparable. We are emotional beings. God designed us to be emotional. Yes, Tadari. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't say they cannot, but they need to fix this mental health problem for them to be spiritually fit. Do you see? I cannot say they can't. They can, but they need to take care of their mental problems, their mental health problems. Does that make sense? But I feel like for some people it's a constant battle. It is a constant battle. Right. No, it's not, it's not a light switch. But that's why God provided for us um, avenues to seek treatment and help. Of course. Back to the statement question. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, with elderly people who a lot of times offer or like suffer from the mental health as they age, um, any suggestions for that? Because, you know, they're getting older and not necessarily, you know, um, have options there. Uh, good question, George. Um, call them more, visit them more. That's all I could say. At least this is what my mom used to tell me before she departs. Call me more and visit me more. Mom, I'm busy. 
just call me. And hey, here's, I know for your moms do the same thing. I would call her Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I skip Thursday, and I call, why haven't you called me all week? Because yeah. your mom, <laughs> that's just a mom thing. <laughs> and if I visit her Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, why didn't you visit me on Friday? In him. But yeah, that's my point. Yes, Abuna, you want to say something? Uh, can we say, uh, just, uh, can we say that uh, for the mental health and the spiritual health, that it's it's uh, it's parallel and it's continuous work in progress as well. Yes. Meaning, like, I don't need. Doesn't mean that. Yes, there might be some challenges pursuing spirituality, but it doesn't mean that it is uh, absolutely not something to pursue. Yes. But it's something maybe to pursue with the with the with the level of appropriateness, intensity that's suitable at this stage Excellent. until yes. maybe I mature more or maybe I am Perfect. able to work on. A, a, a mental health uh, a, a issue or ailment that I'm going through, so they could go like a little bit by little bit in both, so kind of parallel, as opposed to I cannot work on my spiritual Excellent. until I work on my mental health. Excellent. Excellent point. And also, Abuna serves as your spiritual health physician. Your therapist, psychologist, therapist works as your mental health physician. And Abuna and the therapist work hand in hand. They they target different things, but the objective is the same. Yep. Yep. You see, so that yani, um, they go hand in hand, as, as, you, perfect, as you perfectly said. We are emotional beings, are we not? Yes, says Victor. something and mental health is something different. So if I have a high blood pressure, I can't sleep, I have a headache. What, what, how does it relate to my spiritual life? Uh, uh, I, I, I know, yeah, yeah. No, like, but what I'm trying to say is, this is completely different identity. I'm suffering, so I may say, okay, how God you are going to help me? Uh, so maybe I'll, I'll get closer to God, or maybe I'll do, I'll do the wrong thing. Mental illness is the same issue. Mental illness is related to a certain chemistry in the body, that change our way of thinking. The only difference is that mental illness can be affected by our behavior. So if someone is just like telling me that you are ugly, it's going to hurt my feelings, so my mental illness actually will get more affected. But it's related to chemistry. Okay, um, uh, forgive me, I see your point, but I'm not sure if it's exclusively related to chemistry. I mean, from my training, um, it's more than just chemistry. Chemistry is one aspect of it, um, but there are some behavioral issues, there are some um, developmental issues, a lot of other issues that are beyond. Chemistry is one aspect. You treat that with lithium carbonate and all that fun stuff, but then there are some other behavioral issues that need more than just here's a pill. At least that's what I learned. Correct me if I'm wrong, Yanni. I, I'm, I'm, Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, please, please. Uh, I, I see that physical health definitely impacts my, uh, not spirituality, but maybe my ability to practice spirituality. Like if I have a headache, I would go to the liturgy, I would be, yeah, forcing myself, but definitely my 
focus, my concentration is not the same as when I do not have a headache. Yes, like having a reward in heaven, that's a different issue. Sure, but, sure. but I'm talking about my ability to connect and engage spiritually. Uh, it, it's, it's a strike, it's a work in progress. Sometimes mental health uh, significantly impact my ability to worship or to pray or to connect with God or to see that there is no God. And maybe an example is Job. Job started with a physical ailment mm -hmm. and then it went into mental kind of extreme frustration, depression, seeing no hope, seeing, seeing no, no light. And he started to say things about God that, uh, all the people, that all the people around him said, how could you say this? Sure. But God actually said, it's okay. It's okay that because he realized that when I go through suffering, physical, mental, that sometimes I'm not in my best mental health ability to connect spiritually with him. So even God is patient with me until I pass this time and then he might help regenerate spiritually and mental health and physically at the beautiful. same time. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Abuna, for saying that. Beautifully said. And I agree with you, 100%. Um, so, that's what we are. We experience joy, excitement, sadness, and you know all these emojis that that's just, we are emotional beings. I had to make sure that none of these is inappropriate, so thank God I picked a picture that has no inappropriate emojis. Anyways, so our culture, our Western culture, I would say maybe Eastern as well, but our culture is obsessed with feelings. Do you agree or not? Obsessed with feelings. Let me share with you some quotations. One from um, a teacher of mine in apologetics, his name is Dr. Ravi Zacharias, he says, we live in a generation that listens with its eyes and thinks with its feelings. We live in a generation that listens with its eyes and thinks with its feelings. Oprah Winfrey says, says what? Your heart is the king and the mind is the king's advisor. When faced with a decision, the king may ask his advisors for advice. But ultimately, it is the king that makes the final decision. The king is invariably right, and she's invariably wrong. <laughs> do, you all, do, you all, do you guys know who this guy is? All right, Stephen Colbert. Devout Catholic, however. He says, facts don't matter. What matters is how you feel. You are the final decision maker of the truth. Now, he came up with this word, you cannot, uh, here's another word to look up, truthiness. You've heard that before? You have? Excellent. Exactly, very good. Truthiness is the belief in what you feel to be true rather than what the facts will support. How devastating is this? It gets worse. Oxford Dictionaries. Word of the year, 2016, post-truth. In other words, feelings, emotions. Here's what post-truth says. Relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to what? Emotions and personal beliefs. 
That's the king. So the culture says what? Follow your feelings. If it feels good, do it. This was the slogan of someone, by the way, of you have heard. So what is the proper... No laughing, please. What is the proper place of feelings? What is... I want you to pay attention to this. What is the proper place of feelings? How should we regard feelings? Yes, sir. I think they're indicators. Indicators. Excellent. They're a gauge. Yeah. Indicators. I like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> indicators. What else? Any... Yes, ma'am. Alice will be. Excellent. You said key words. Evaluate and see if you're being taken captive by these. Excellent. Here is how I see feelings. Okay? This is how I see feelings. Spices. That's it. Feelings are spices. They do not add substance to life. They add flavor. They flavor life with excitement but they do not add substance. Like what? This wonderful meal gives you what? Nourishment. You put spices on it, it will give you nourishment, and it will taste good. But can you live on spices alone? You will die of malnutrition. And that's how I see feelings. It's the spices you add on your dish. You have the nourishment, and you have the taste. If you just have feelings only, you're going for the spices, and you'll eventually die. That's what feelings are. Um, substance, which is that nourishment, is what we want, and that comes from what we know to be true and substantial, adding substance. Here's a picture. Where's Avi? This is for you. So, when an athlete, <laughs> my favorite athlete, I'm not going to entertain that. When, my, when an athlete scores, what do the fans do? They react with excitement and joy. But do their excitement and joy add any points to the scoreboard? But what if the athlete scores? And there are no fans, no excitement, no noise, no enjoyment. It may be a very boring game. That's feelings and facts. The facts are, what's the score? Feelings are, the fans are enjoying the game. Do you get the connection? Substance versus style. Substance is the fact, the truth, what I know to be truth. That nourishes your mind. That is what we ought to hang on to. Style is all the spices, all the excitement, all the joy. That's what I think the proper place of feelings, and it needs to stay there. Danger of feelings, and I put the text on the screen so that we can all remember it, is that emotionally driven people make big mistakes when they base decisions on how they feel rather than what they know is the right thing.
thing to do. We must learn how to live beyond our feelings and do what's right even when we feel wrong. Even when we feel wrong. Because what you know is far more important than what you feel. I'm not saying feelings are insignificant. That is not what I'm saying. We need to acknowledge, recognize, just like we acknowledge our thoughts, we ought to acknowledge our feelings, not suppress them. That's bad therapy or bad strategy. Do not suppress your feelings. Acknowledge them, but let them become more like indicators, rather the king versus the the advisors, you know, kind of, kind of switch that formula rather than follow what Oprah uh, suggests. Our feelings, or our what we know ra uh, rather, is more important than what we feel. Why? Yes, ma'am. Because what we feel changes. Yes, thank you. I would like to shake your hand, Ashan. This is exactly what I was looking for, and you said it perfectly. Because what we feel changes from day to day. Truth, fact. Don't change. Our feelings may depend on... My wife, when she's... Okay, I probably shouldn't have said that out loud. When she's hungry, she becomes hangry. Any of you? I said that to Abuna earlier. Right? My feelings may depend on... I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I just am in a bad mood. Why? Hey, I'm in a bad mood. Don't ask me why. Just... Because it's cloudy. I haven't seen the sun for a week. I'm in a bad mood. My digest digestive system may dictate how I feel. So your feelings constantly change. Facts and truth doesn't change. Now, our feelings come from us. Truth comes to us. Our feelings are subjective. They depend on the subject. I. Truth is objective, it depends on that is beyond myself. Our feelings change, truth does not change. On what will you base your life decisions? Feelings or truth? That which comes from you and is bound to change or that which comes to you and is the measure of truth? Have you ever said these words? I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like being nice to this person. I am not in the mood to pray. I don't feel like serving today. Any of, you don't have to raise your hand. Yani, any of you felt this way? As a matter of fact, I was talking to an Abuna, not Abuna Bulas. I was talking to an Abuna. He said, you know what, George, I had to tell you a story. I, as a priest, I woke up on a Wednesday morning to do the liturgy, and I did not feel like praying. This is, um, he's, he's okay for me sharing this with you. He said, I did not feel like going to church and doing the liturgy. What should I have done? Go back, turn off the lights and go back to bed? And the congregation that will pray on Wednesday, I was not in the mood to pray. What did he do? He did not feel, he told me, I did not feel like praying the liturgy today. What did he do? He got up and went to the liturgy because this is the right thing to do. What he knows he ought to do. And when he prayed the liturgy, guess what? He felt great. I'm telling you this from a priest that shared this with me. Um, and my father is a priest and he probably would admit, or would agree rather, to, say, to, say, to, to saying that. Here's what 
Um, O.H. Moore, who's the famous psychologist, professor of psychology, he said this beautiful quotation. It's easier to act yourself into a better way of feeling than to feel your way into a better way of acting. Confusing? No. Let me read it again. I think it's beautiful and it's on point. It's easier to act yourself into a better way of feeling than to feel your way into a better way of acting, C.S. Lewis will explain. Here's how C.S. Lewis said it. Do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor or you don't. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the greatest secrets in life. When we are behaving as if you loved someone, you will indeed come to love him. That's a mystery that will be unveil unveiled to you when you actually act as if you do love this person, you'll come to love him. Yes, sir? So does that mean that we fake it till we make it? <laughs> no. Um, yes and no. I'll tell you a personal experience. I went to Abuna one time, um, my, my confessions, he was my father of confession. Um, his grace. Bishop Yusuf, I can just say that, and he said, I said, uh, Sayyidina, um, this person, um, and we had a, uh, not, you know, we had a, a disagreement on something, and, and he's not very happy, and so what do I do? He said, just pray for him. I said, yeah, Sayyidina, but we need to fix this. He said, yeah, just pray for him, and, um, and you wish him this and that, and all these wonderful things. I said, I'll do what you say. Obedience. I did that for a week or two, and my wife with me, and um, all of a sudden I felt that what C.S. Lewis is saying. Okay, I'm not saying there was contempt and anger and, and hatred. That that wasn't the case. But yeah, I mean, even if you don't feel total harmony with someone, pray for them. You're good. So I wouldn't say fake it till you make it. I would probably say um, do the right thing. Have you heard of Russell Peters? Anyways, <laughs> be a man. All right. But you can say, hey, I can't control my feelings. What do I do? I can't control my feelings. Amelie, can you or can you not? My question to you, and we're almost done, by the way. Can you, can you not? Can you control your feelings? To some extent. Well, I think the Lord Jesus Christ thought that you can. He said something to his disciples in John chapter 14. He said, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you love me, rejoice. Jesus, I can't help but be fearful. Come on, are you telling me not to feel afraid? Yes. If I couldn't control this specific feeling, Christ would not have commanded me not to. You see? So, um, back to... What we are called to have is spirit not of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And I want to end with focusing on the truth, acknowledging your emotions, focusing on the truth. And I want to end with this story, and then we'll, uh, we'll finish. Um, what is the truth that I need to focus on? The truth of who God is and who I am. Back to the 
It's a beautiful song that you see, the third song that we did. Who God is and who I am, that should be the truth that I ought to focus on. The prodigal son, one of my very favorite parables in the scriptures, very favorite parables in the scriptures, Luke chapter 15. When did the prodigal son come back to his father? When he actually got to know who he is and who the father is. And this is what we ought to do for us to have healthy minds and healthy hearts and come back to the Lord. It says here, when he came to himself, he began to think and realize who he is and the desolate or destitute life. Destitute? Is that the right word? Anyways, the desolate life he was living. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? What does that mean about the father? He's a very what? Loving and generous father. So he came to know who he is and who the father is. Only then he was able to go back to the father. Jonathan Edwards, a Christian preacher and philosopher, said, Of all the knowledge that we can never obtain, I'm sorry, of all the knowledge that we can ever obtain, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of ourselves, are the most important. This is the key for us to have healthy minds, healthy spirits, and healthy hearts. And glory and honor be to God forever and ever. Amen. Um, the, the, the questions, I want to make sure I have some time um, and 